We're gonna battle for attention online. So what are you going to do to win the attention over someone else? You guys have a podcast, but who's to say that there aren't 50 other thousand podcasts that are out there? What are you guys doing different? Are you bringing on a special guest? Do you have a cool background? You do have a cool background. I give it to you. Many people just do it in their bedrooms, <laughs> like myself. We're actually in my mom's basement right now. We're in Kiro's mother's basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. We are super excited to have with us today another Jersey guy. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he, uh, you know, meets our expectations. And sometimes too. Yes. Yes. Uh, his name is Ed Stulak. He runs the Orbis Group uh, over at Real Brokerage, and they're on track this year for 150 plus transactions. Super excited to uh, spend our, our Friday, can I say evening? Friday evening with you, man. Yeah. I got the whiskey out already, so it better be evening. I already complimented him on his uh, piercing blue eyes. I hope that comes through <laughs> mm. on Instagram. Kiro's giving me a look like that's the second time you've said that already. Yep. <laughs> I'm so. trying to move my chair a little bit further away, but it's going to remove me off screen. <laughs> no, yeah. Hit it. So we're, we're going to uh, jump into this lightning round. Yep. Hit you with a few questions just to get to know you a little bit better. We've actually, you know, just for the viewers here, we've actually never connected. This is the first time that... Uh, the we've, boys are getting we've, together. We've collaborated, so I uh, loved what you were doing on Instagram, reached out, and thought you'd be a great uh, great addition to the platform. Yeah, man. So, Hell yeah. so don't blow it, man. Don't. Yeah, man. <laughs> what kind of questions are going to be fired at me? Um, but, you know, we're, we're from the same state, so go easy on me. <laughs> you got it. Before we go into the lightning round, it's because you network with so many different agents across the nation, uh, and we've had the good fortune of doing the same. There's always this thing about Jersey agents that makes us so different, I feel, from everybody else, where they're just like, uh, you guys speak really fast. You guys are very aggressive. You guys are this, that, and the other. But it's just that I feel like it's just a Jersey thing. It's so normal. But I feel like if we ever went to like a Texas with that same mindset, it would be like game over in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. I remember one time I was speaking with an agent. I was sending him a referral fee out in uh, West Coast, Washington State. And I was on the phone with him. I'm like, hey, so listen, dude, looking for a four bed, probably like up to a million range, this and that. And he's like, cool. So is he pre-approved? I'm like, oh, my God, fat, speed it up. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> man, I'm like, I, can't, I gotta get another call. Let's go, man. So, yeah, Jersey boys, yeah, we're fast. We got straight to the point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's just our territory. The worst <laughs> Maybe we have I, to learn how to slow down. Yeah. The worst thing I got that was similar to that, I, I was literally talking to another agent. I was like, hey, you know, they want to do X, Y, and Z. He's like, well, good morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> and they're like, okay. Who's um, got time for that? Yeah, for real. Yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> All right, hit. All right, so. Here's a good one. What's a skill you learned when you were young that you still use today? When I was young, um, dressing up. <laughs> Man, my mom always put me in button downs and shirts and suits when I was in like third grade, fourth grade. She's like, don't worry, the girls are going to love it. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Well, she definitely hooked me up with some a sense of style. So I don't know if that's considered a skill. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. Mm. Um, it takes skill to get dressed, you know, to match blue with brown and sometimes black and white. And you can't go green and, I don't know, yellow because that might be a little weird, you know. So skill in the sense of aesthetics and style. Any reason you didn't dress up for us today? 
<laughs> um, oh, first, oh, first blow. <laughs> it's Friday, as you said. Nah, right? I'm messing with you, man. I'm wearing like a sweatshirt over here. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the dad uh, outfit 2.0 right now. I got to mow the lawn after this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are some of your own personal rules that you refuse to break? Personal rules. I, I must play hockey. I must. That's my only workout that I got. So in terms of working out, like a non-negotiable, I got to be playing hockey until I die, until I'm 80 years old and I can't move my body anymore. I'm playing hockey. So it's what gets me out of my mindset, gets me out of the funk, gets me into a, a whole different world and uh, atmosphere that makes me move. Who's your team? Forward. So non-negotiable hockey. Who's your team? Devils. Ah, oh, damn. Oh, what, Jersey Boys, what are you going to hit me with? Rangers? <laughs> he's, a, he's a massive Rangers fan. <laughs> I grew up from his grandpa. My dad grew up, yeah. My dad grew up in Brooklyn. I've always been a Rangers fan, but I won't, I won't hold it to you. It, All right. I appreciate it. it. Thank you. It's, uh, are you finding that it's – are you, do you play in, like, men's leagues and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how much hockey has grown as a sport. Like, there's kids – like, these kids now start playing when they're, you know, two, three years old, start – getting on skates it's just crazy like when i was growing up or probably when you were growing up too ed it's like hockey was the forgotten sport and now like i feel like every kid wants to play Mm. like we would struggle to put together a team for my high school and now there's just tons of kids that want to come out i hope it continues to grow it's a beautiful sport it's been fun i was the only arab kid that played hockey in my town and uh Oh yeah. yeah, my dad made me quit. What did you but, What did your dad say when you said you wanted to start playing hockey? My well, my mom was the one that was always pushing for extracurricular activities. He needs to have friends. My dad's like, friends what? He needs to work. And, then, <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm like ten years old or whatever it was. And then uh, they wanted me to be a goalie. And then my dad's like, they don't think you're good enough. They want you to be a goalie. Do you really want to be embarrassed like this? And I'm like, no. He's like, then listen, go tell your mom you don't want to play, but don't tell her why. I'm like, mama ain't playing no more. <laughs> he like manipulated the shit out of me to stop playing. Um, all right, go ahead. He's been in therapy ever since. <laughs> all right, so this is a cheesy one, but I'm gonna, I'm, I think it's funny. What's your most used emoji? The smirk. Mm. I flirt with everybody. <laughs> This is how I win offers. Come on. Except my offer smirk. <laughs> Which one's the smirk? Oh, yeah, the side. The, the side. The, the, gotcha. The yeah. <laughs> What's a mistake people make often about you? A mistake mm-hmm. that I bought my followers on Instagram. Haters just going to hate, man. Haters going to hate. It took me 10 years to grow, damn it. You know, it took me some time. So people are like, oh, you bought your followers. I'm like, no. They're like, but you you know, like you have to experiment. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So walk us through your evolution because it's, you know, when did you get into the business? When did you actually start implementing social media? And what kind of impact did it have on you once you did? I was doing social media before real estate. Mm. So I, 2011, I got onto Instagram. That was the first time. And since then, I've been posting every day since then. So I've been working on social, working on growing a following, content creation, trying to figure out who I am as a person, as a entrepreneur, a businessman, or a musician at one point. I wanted to be a tailor. I wanted to be, I don't even know, branding guy. And then eventually I realized that all those industries and, and uh, occupations are cool. They're really intriguing, but they don't really allow me to make the money and the, live the lifestyle that I want to. Yeah. So eventually I got into real estate only for me to realize that realtors and real estate professionals aren't that good at social media. 
So that's one thing I've been doing for the past so years. So I'm like, all right, well, let me get into the business of real estate. Let me sell some houses. Let me see if I can convert some followers and some likes into leads and some business out of this thing. And if it works, then let me teach the industry what I know. Because I know what I know. But let me see if it works first. And so, you know, I got my first sale, first lead, this and that. I'm like, all right, it's working. Let me let me show it now. And then that's when the following really started to uh, blow up. And that was around 2016. So let's call it about, you know, seven plus years ago. What did you do before you were in real estate? Uh, I had my own social media marketing and branding agency. I was helping some influencers and celebrities with their content creation. So I was really on the back spectrum of things. I was the one creating. I was the Mm -hmm. one doing posting for them and really just managing their accounts. So, you know, I did that for a little bit. It was cool. I learned a lot, but just wasn't making the money that I wanted to. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy when you people think the perception of real estate that it's like this glamorous thing. It's because of what, you know, people only obviously share the highlights on there. Um, The one thing I appreciate about you is you share everything that's in there. Um, You're like, okay with being vulnerable and makes it more approachable, I would say. We're the most friendliest dudes in the world. I got told the other day with a girl that was like, uh, she finally had the balls to like approach and, and speak to me. And she was just like, yeah, I just thought you guys were like too good to be talked to or whatever the case is. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And she was like, it was just too intimidating. But then you make it very easy for people to approach you, right? Totally, totally. You gotta do that online. You gotta show that you're, you're vulnerable, you're authentic, you're transparent. I feel like that's the most conversations that's the reason why I've had so many conversations online, which we all know conversations equal potential leads. I mean, we have to, we're cold calling, we're talking to people, we bump into someone at the store and we somehow intertwine with, oh, have you thought about the market? <laughs> like we somehow get conversations rolling into potential business. So sometimes I, well, all the time, I love when people reach out to me for any reason. And if that's a conversation starter of some sort, then let's dive in. But if you're too good online and you're you're not com- uh, commenting back or not having conversations with people or not engaging, they're going to think, all right, well, I'm liking, I'm commenting, I'm spending my time on this person's profile yeah. and I'm showing them love. They're not showing me anything back. Why would I reach out to them? At that point is when I take the initiative proactive step and I reach back out to them first or I poke at them or I send them a video message. Like I got this one, one of my followers, um, which I can't even call a follower today. She's, she's a friend. She's a supporter. She's a fan for life. Mm. Uh, her name is Andy. She's out in Florida. Nothing to do with real estate. Nothing at all. I don't know even how we got connected, but she's been following me since 2017. I don't even know. Been connected for a while, but she reaches out to me for everything. Hey, I got this idea. Hey, I have this. I was sick a few years back. And I posted it up on my Instagram story and somehow she, I think she, um, she went back in our text messages and she saw my home address and she sent me a blanket and like vitamin C's and this and that. And it just like expect unexpected package that showed up at my front door. And I was like, damn, dude, this, this is something that social media did for me. So I don't know. It's just being open and being, uh, as you mentioned, being approachable. So I think Andy, I think Andy likes you. Ed. I like Andy. She's cool. I think Andy <laughs> might be a 14-year-old boy in Nigeria. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but only one way to find out. <laughs> the, uh, it's interesting that you say that because there's, like, Brooks Landry, yeah. we had on, he's an awesome dude, and you know you guys know each other very well. Mm-hmm. He was doing those video messages, like, years ago. 
right? Yeah. And as soon as John followed him, I guess the first time we asked him to be on the podcast, one of the first things that he did was send a video saying, hey man, how are you? And I still, you know, thank you for the follow or whatever the case yeah. is. How can I be of service if you need anything? I remember being so upset that I couldn't save it. You know, it was like one of those videos that disappears mm-hmm. and uh, it's got the little bomb on it. And mm-hmm. he sent me a video and I was like, dude, that's super thoughtful. Like I, I went over to show you and by then it was gone. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just finding ways to to stand out and just go the extra mile, whether it's with clients or people on Instagram or or potential you know people you could collaborate with. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Yeah. I guess in my mind as like you get addicted to the way that you make money in terms of like how you do it. So I guess when you see the fruits of your labor from social media and it starts to you know pay off and I guess when you're receiving leads, it's a lot easier and it's a nicer process than constantly going to hunt. But when you're hunting, sure. you're absolutely right. There is zero engagement responses back, whatever the case it is, because I don't even really look at it, check on it, whatever the case it is. It's like, it's done next, it's done next. But then that's, like you said, doesn't really cause engagement or like a communication back and forth. Um, I never actually thought of it in that aspect. I thought it was just the way that you're being portrayed on camera versus actually what you're doing is building a community almost, it sounds like that's what you were doing. Must, must. This is how, that, that's the, that's an important variable to a successful formula. And many people neglect it. Many people forget about it. Many people think it's just going to come to them just because, oh, this person has a following and this is all they do. They just post content and they get all these followers. So that's all I got to do too. Yeah. And then they try to mimic it and try to replicate it. And then they come to people like me and say, hey, why isn't my following growing? Yeah. What else are you doing? I think it's interesting because a lot of times people are like, when they first get their license and they join our team or they join any team or whatever it is, they're like, so how soon before I should make my real estate Instagram account, like the separate account? Mm -hmm. And it's always funny because they're like, you know, like you said, they think that once they make that account, this business is just going to flow in. And I I, I liked, I was was happy to hear that you were into social media and content creation before before you even got into real estate. Just an interesting. Yeah, I think it's the power of the personal brand. And, you know, I have to ask this because it's something that we were talking about off uh, screen even before we came to the studio. What video got you that building? And can you share the details on that building and the size of it? Yeah, for just anybody tuning in right now, we we were asking about this when we were preparing. I found when I was doing some research for our call, our podcast today, I found something that said you got a 180 unit listing from Instagram. So tell us a little bit more about that. So that was in 2020. And it was a DM that I received Mm. and her name is Bela. Shout out to Bela. Mm. Bela DMs me and she says, Hey, Ed, I have project. I might need your help on it. Maybe you know someone that's in the area. It's in a town called Somerville, New Jersey. Do you know it? And you know, me being the realtor that I am, I'm like, yeah, of course I know it. While I'm Google mapping, (laughs) where the hell is Somerville? (laughs) Right? I'm like, yeah, of course. It just happened to be like 30 minutes away. I'm like, yeah, I know it. So uh, she's like, cool, can you meet me there tomorrow morning? Maybe you can help me out. I'm like, oh, sure. I have no idea what I'm stepping into, right? So I'm just meeting with her because she's an agent and she has a project. I don't know what that means. Mm. Was she a but local told, agent? Not to interrupt. New York. New York. New York realtor. Right. So that's why she was like, hey, can you do something for me in Jersey or can you help me connect with someone? So I met with her at this site, which was, you know, this dirt gravel and there's like this little trailer and it's like some apartment being uh, apartment building being built. And I'm like, this is a weird place to meet, but all right, no problem. I'll, I'll bite. So I sit with her and now all of a sudden these developers come out with like blueprints and these hard hats and all this stuff. And 
And I'm like, all right, are we meeting with them or am I, I have no idea what I'm stepping into. But nonetheless, we go into the trailer. They started interviewing me for that building that's being built next door. And I'm like, oh man, okay, well, I wasn't prepared for this, but let's go. Let, let me dive in, right? Because that's been my whole life model. Let me just say yes and I'll figure it out. Love it. And uh, so they started asking me questions and, you know, they sat me down, normal listing appointment. But they were not your ordinary listing questions. You know, they were different type of uh, twists to them. Um, they were asking me about the demographics and the geography and what's the rentals going for and what's your like ideal type of client that's going to move into this area. What's your absorption rate? And and they asked me my absorption rate and I'm like ten percent right off the bat, I'm like ten percent. And and they said, wow, that's that's not bad. And in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck is an absorption rate? I have no idea what that is, but 10% sounded right. Whoever asked you didn't even know what it was at that point, too. <laughs> I just kept rolling with the punches and fine, left and right, no problem. And they loved everything I had to say, and God bless. Long story short, a few months went by, and they said, yeah, that they wanted to choose me as their realtor to represent the project, and that was 100 million in the building from a DM. Wow. So. Yeah, fake it till you made it kind of story. But, you know, people say, oh, fake it till you make it. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do what I got to do. Yeah, well, I think what, you know, I took away from that, in addition to what you said, is just, like you said, say, yeah, commit to everything and then figure it out later. Right? Like, you know, there's plenty of times where, you know, we'll make offers on properties, right? Like from an investor standpoint, right? We're like, this looks good. I don't know exactly what I would do with it. Was it a flip? Is it a wholesale? Can I help them list it? Yeah, I'll say yes to that meeting. Let's do it. And you show up there and you figure out the situation like you did, right? You said yes to the meeting and then you figured it out after that. Yeah. That's it. So that's it. I'm just, I have to ask, what did you say when they asked you about the demo- uh, demographic of the area? Oh, I told them, well, you got, you know, nurses and there's a hospital right around the corner. And it's like what you drove by. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know, that's that's kind of what's happening in this area. So it should be mostly youngs, anywhere between like mid twenties to like late thirties. And then, oh, cool, cool. Completely made that up. It just on the way to the listing appointment, I was looking around like, oh, <laughs> man. But hey, that's that's exactly what the demographic was. So my judgment is true. Okay. <laughs> so you get a lot of agent to agent referrals. You'd say more or direct uh, buyer and seller mostly today is agent to agent. So I'll get agents reaching out saying, Ed, you're in Jersey. Can you help us out with a client? So, and people do that to me, New York city too. They're like, Oh, Ed, you can help us out with uh, New York city. Cause it's right next door. I'll take it. I'll refer it out to someone else out there, you know? Yeah. So one question that we asked Brooks, because it's always been something on our minds. It's, it's very hard to track an ROI on the investment of time of, you know, putting things on social media and doing that aspect of it. Have you been able to at least correlate a return? Like one video is one referral or anything of that kind? Not one bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. I don't expect anything from my social media. That's my mindset. That's my truth, truthful answer. I don't go out there and post or I don't spend time on a piece of video and say, this video is going to produce me 16 leads. Mm over the next three years, like I have no idea. It could produce me zero. It could produce me zero views. But why I do what I do on socials, because I build up my portfolio. Someone out there might either get triggered by it, might get inspired by it, might get emotionally happy from it, might laugh from it, might cry from it. I have no idea, but it's going to cause some sort of emotional trigger to go off in them yeah. for them to either remember me or hate me. And if they love me and remember me, then now we got something. We're building up that repu- well, that relationship. Yeah. 
They might stick around for a while, they'll watch the next video, and eventually that might turn into something. Or complete opposite. Oh, screw that guy. I hate his stuff. I'm out. It's okay. Go somewhere else, you know? So I don't really look at social media like an ROI. I got to post this much. I got to be on it this much. And those that do that, I applaud you, but that's a very A-type type of personality that will bite you in the ass if you really truthfully stick to social media for that reason. Mm. I don't do social media for a job. I do it because I enjoy it. And from that enjoyment, I get business from it. Which goes back to what you were talking about, the authenticity part of it, right? And when you're authentic about it, you're not actually looking for to be compensated. So it helps being more authentic. Would you say out of the biz, out of the 150 uh, transactions, what, how many of it would be from referral uh, or from social in general? I would say maybe less than 20%. Yeah. Something of that sort. Got it. I think what I've learned is that even, like you said, the A-type personality or the numbers people aren't able to put their finger on the pulse and figure out like, all right, well, this video, you know, this deal came from this. And like, rarely do people say, Ed, I saw this specific video about this. And that's why I want to work with you. It's more like over time, they've seen your stuff. uh, And you're constantly planting seeds without even knowing about it. So that Mm -hmm. when the time is ready for them, you are top of mind. So I think what I've learned, at least is just it's about staying top of mind in prospects, you know, taking up that mind space mm-hmm. in a prospect's yes, yeah. uh, head. And it's, you know, top of mind association, just staying on top. That's we're in a, we're in a battle for attention. I just heard that the other day. We're in a battle for attention online. So what are you going to do to win the attention over someone else? Mm-hmm. You guys have a podcast, but who's to say that there aren't 50 other thousand podcasts that are out there? What are you guys doing different? Are you bringing on a special guest? Do you have a cool background? You do have a cool background. I give it to you. Many people just do it in their bedrooms, <laughs> like myself. We're actually, in my mom's basement right now. We're in Kiro's mother's basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, authenticity, and you know things of that sort. It's like, how are you going to win someone else over? So this is why trends become a thing because someone does it right the first time, and then others are all like, oh my god, they won the attention. Let me do that that way, mm. the way he or she does it. And then they start replicating each other. And then that means that's going to get oversaturated, which means then the next step is, well, we got to divert and find a different trend now. Let's find something else out there. And then you go and create something new. And then you get a guy that's skateboarding on a longboard with his ocean spray juice and, I guess, jamming out to, uh, what was it, Fleetwood Mac. And then yeah. all of a sudden that becomes a big trend. And now all of a sudden everyone's doing that. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's, we are really in a battle for attention. So what are you going to do to win over someone else? And you got to do that consistently and every single day and be persistent to it and make sure that you're giving some value to people, not just begging with your arms out. Mm. Like there's so many variables. Again, I'm going to use that word variables to this formula and they're ever changing. When you're putting stuff out, are you sort of doing it with a thought process of I'm doing this for buyers and sellers? Because most of what you're attracting, or at least what I'm picking up, is a lot of agent-to-agent referrals. So mm-hmm. is there a way to put out social that attracts agent-to-agent referrals? Do you even dive into it with that sort of mindset? Or are you just looking to attract all sorts of... All sorts. It's all of the above. Whatever comes my way, comes my way. I have clients that follow me till today, and they interact with my content, and it has nothing to do with them mm. from the consumer's standpoint, or maybe the buying, selling, renting, development. That has nothing to do with them, but they're there just because we know each other now, so we're cool. But then I have a lot of the content that I do put out there is more so to entertain realtors. Yeah. It's more so to give value to real estate professionals. 
lender, attorney, home inspector, realtor, you name it. Like I want to get their attention. So the best way to get their attention is by providing value in the sense of entertainment, education. So if that works for attracting realtors and real estate professionals, then for those that are listening that want to attract consumers, you've got to do the same thing. I mean, it's very logical. You want to attract a consumer, give them stuff that they want to consume on a daily basis. Something that buys their attention instead of going to the Mm -hmm. other options. I know you said you built the team. It's about a year and a half old. How many mm-hmm. people do you have on the team now? We're at 12 and bringing on two more over the next month. So we should be just around 14 very soon. Yeah, and that which is incredible. So congratulations on that, first and foremost. Thanks. And did, did they all come from social media? Majority, majority of them did, yes. We've been connected online for a while. Majority of them are new agents too. Mm. Personally, I love teaching, I love handholding, and I like working with realtors that are hungry for business and will do whatever they got to do, meaning that they'll take care of my clients that I feed them. Yeah. So I have a lot of clients that are messaging me daily and talking to me and I neglect them because just I'm doing so many things. I'm leaving to uh, Los Angeles on Sunday to speak at an event out there. I'm excited, but that's going to take me away from my real estate business. So I got to make sure over the next five days, my clients are being taken care of. So I have my team that is going to go ahead and show them houses, follow up with them, do their thing. And I've taught them already, and I enjoy that. It feeds them, it feeds me, I'm happy. So this is kind of how I've structured my team right now. It's like a lot of new agents, a lot of them are under a year old in the business. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That yeah. Seems, seems to be the common thread. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's easier to attract them than to find them. Well, to attract them, mm-hmm. when we're talking about you know, building out your team, attract new agents rather than you know, trying to uh, bring on an existing agent and then teach them the philosophies or, or sort of bring them into the, the standards of your team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so much easier. I mean, you can, you know, someone who's got sales skills, like people who are in the hospitality industry or bartenders and waitresses, you know, and try to teach them real estate is so much easier than trying to bring over a KW agent and say, hey, this is how we do it. And yeah. like you've said on other episodes, people will be like, well, you know, we do it this way in our in our team, or we used to do it this way, or use the CRM and and that sort of thing. So, it, it's a uh, question. So, I know people who attract a lot of buyers and sellers from their social. They say that the buyers that they attract are very easy, very easy to work with because they're very similar personalities. Like they connect very easily. The agents that you attract from social media, do you find that they are very common in terms of like their core principles, values that you have? Because as you're very authentic on social as it is. Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like even you guys might have a similar answer to mine. The majority of the people that you track to your page are following you because they have some sort of resonation with you in that sense. Like they can resonate with you for your character, for your, for your value, maybe the way you act, your attitude, your sales skills. They're going to feel you. They're going to vibe with you. And if you ever have a conversation with them, more than likely they're going to be same eye level with you, you know, mentally, whatever that might be. Yeah. So People that are on my team, the ones that are from social media, they know exactly what they're stepping into. Like they're getting this dude that sells real estate, is on social media a lot, does too many dancing videos on TikTok, and like this guy also sells. Like that's cool. Like I, I want to be with him. Yeah. And now the interview time comes, and it's like I don't have to be someone else. They already know what to expect. Yeah. And they're like, Ed, I already know you this, and you did that, and you got this person on the team. 
Like I, I just kind of sit back and like, all right, now what, what do you know? <laughs> like, what do you know as a person? Why would you fit this team? So I, I don't know. I, that's what I've been wanting to do for, for a long time in life. And I think that's a, a lot of us want to do is create a business model that attracts people as opposed to me going out there and chasing it. So I love when the phone rings and says, hey, Ed, I saw you on YouTube. I saw you on Instagram or you know my best friend and you're selling their house. Can you help me out? Yeah. I prefer those as opposed to a Zillow lead, you know? Have you always been comfortable? I mean, as someone who follows you, we'll see is that obviously, like Kiro had said, you're, you're vulnerable. You're not hesitant to like share funny stuff or, or, or show yourself shit, like, yeah. like joking around. You know, a lot of agents out there are like trying to be super buttoned up and they're like, oh, my client may see this. I want to make sure I'm, I'm very refined. Was there ever a time where you, you were sort of acting within those guidelines? Or have you always just sort of been an open book? Well, no, the beginning was very polished. Uh, you, you saw me in a suit always. You always saw me speaking very politely and very respectfully. And if an agent ever told me to, you know, um, go fly a kite or something, I'd be like, thank you so much for your feedback. I apologize. <laughs> Man, today I'm dropping gloves. We're going at it. Like The jersey comes out. The jersey comes out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's... Uh, it's interesting because it's, uh, yeah, we, we went definitely went through that phase and, and even with this like platform and we're still not, you know, knowing how to actually do it the right way because we're still in a sales mindset and we're slowly mm -hmm. learning that marketing and marketers, when you have a commodity like real estate, the person who's like the best at marketer, like the best marketer in that industry will be able to, to outperform anybody else. Not how good you could talk. It's not about that. It's how visible you can be seen to your audience and to the people that are actually going to use yeah. you and work with you um, well the best example is that 180 unit building yeah yeah <laughs> it's a whole system you gotta find, i mean it goes from one thing to the next we're all entrepreneurs this there's no there's no book that was handed to us and it's like hey this is what you do for year one year one you're really gonna suck year two is when well, you're gonna kind of feel better but you're gonna want to quit at times Year three, you're really going to want to like quit big time. <laughs> and year four is when it really starts to roll and you got to make sure you have your CRMs and a virtual assistant. Like there's no book that's given to us. I hear this from stories and I hear it from personal experience. Yeah. Year three, I was done. I was hanging up the license. I was going to go. I, I don't know what I was going to do, but not real estate. Fly a no way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go fly a kite, as I was been, I've been told many times to do. <laughs> so um, I, that's, what I, that's what I thought I was going to do, but um, yeah. there's no book. So you've got to kind of figure it out, but it's one thing after another. And the visibility and just being out there and being the marketer, yeah, that's a big thing for it. That's huge. It's a big element. Yeah. But next is having a system because when you get that client that reaches out, and says, I saw you on Instagram. I love your pocket squares. You're always wearing different ones and you got a nice Rolex and man, dude, like you look like I vibe with you. I want to work with you. Great. That's awesome. Next step, you go up to an appointment and they ask you three questions about the house and you look like a complete fool. Mm. All right. And now you don't know what town you're in. I have no idea. HOA, I have to pull up my MLS and like this and that. All right. Okay. You're doing bad. <laughs> Next step. Putting them into the follow-up, um, are you putting them into your CRM? Do you have someone following up with them? Yeah. Like the the list goes on, and then are you doing your due diligence as a realtor for them in the process of the transaction? Are you a listing agent and you don't know what a CO is for the people that are not in New Jersey? We have CO. Mm -hmm. 
FML. I don't know why we do that. He's like CO, MFL. FML. Man, like, are you, as a listing agent here in Jersey, like, are you taking care of the things for your seller? Do you even know what that is? Or are you going to find out on day of closing? Yeah. Man, like, if you don't have all this set up, it's just not going to happen overnight. This stuff takes time. Yeah. But, you know, get proper mentorship. Get some guidance. Yeah. My, my first listing appointment, I'll never forget it. It was a company lead that came in and I was in like a big brokerage. I was in Weikert Realtors and uh, they had the Weikert lead network that came in and essentially you get paid like 10% for doing everything on there. But I was 18 years old. I was super excited. And uh, I go to the appointment. I'm like, hey, he's like, I want to sell it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's terrific. He's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 28. <laughs> I'm 18. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 28. He's like, okay, how much you think? I'm like, it's, you know, what were you thinking? He was like, 180. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm, like, on there. I'm so grateful it sold uh, because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And when I came back to the office, I'm like, I got a listing. This is dope. I had no idea. Like you were saying, it's just like, it's a learning process. And I feel like the lessons never end. I've been doing this for 10 years. You've been 15, yeah. 16 years. And it's like every single, we just learned what SOPs were like a couple of years ago. And we were like, why are we learning this now? Well, yeah. it's, it's, we were talking with Tom Ferry about this. We're like, isn't it funny that, you know, you're in the business sometimes, or at least this was my experience, but I feel like a lot of other agents can relate to this. You're in the business two, three, four years before you actually try to create systems and, and processes. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, those first three years, you're just trying to throw enough shit at the, at the wall and hope something that's some hope something sticks. You're doing anything you can to find clients. Yeah. Um, you know, you're taking everybody out at ridiculous hours, whenever they want, you're submitting horrible offers, you're letting clients just walk all over you. And then like, you know, you refine your systems a little bit. And then year three, you're like, Hmm, maybe I should have like a strategy <laughs> or maybe, maybe I'll set a goal this year and a business plan. Maybe I'll hire a coach. Maybe I'll like finally get around to like setting up an SOP because I answer the same damn question to each client every time around. So it's just funny that like we don't necessarily realize we're running our own business until until a couple of years into it. So you take a step back and analyze it because it's literally a lifestyle. The going back into the marketer point of view, what would as a marketer yourself, even before you got into real estate, what would you share with someone who's stuck in a sales mindset? What's something that I don't know as a salesperson, like just sales focused, not marketer, that I should know? So there, I'll start off with a quote that I heard Gary Vaynerchuk once say. He said, 90% of people sell and 10% of people brand. The 10% of people who brand end up selling 90% more than those who sell. So salesmen, salesmen we're, we're just constantly trying to go after a sale. We want a sale. Give me a sale. And we call it commission breath. We can smell it from miles away, right? Yeah. You just want to get a sale. You don't care what it is. You don't, you don't know what the story is behind it. You don't care. Just like, let me get a sale because I need another transaction. As opposed to more so showcasing your brand, being more vulnerable, being more, I guess, just relevant to the client, understanding their needs and understanding if it truly is a good fit for them or not. Are you planning on moving? Are you planning on, do you need to do it? Do you not need to? Just understanding their needs, but understanding their needs first before understanding your own pockets needs kind of thing. So I think salesmen are way too much in it for the money as opposed to the heart letting it speak first. So I don't know, I just, that's, that's the best I can come up with is that the sales that have come to me over the years, they were more so natural. They were easygoing. I never once had a client that, 
flipped the shit on me. They're like, I can't believe you. You're the worst realtor ever. This is ridiculous. Have I had them before? Yes. But I've also understood that maybe this isn't the right time for you. Maybe it's something else is in the way. I don't want to force you. I don't want to be that sleazy realtor salesman. Yeah. And it still goes through. So I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather make a little bit of money knowing that I'm doing it for the right reason as opposed to making a lot doing it the wrong way. Did yeah. Ed just shit on me? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, it, what I mean by like sales, because it's like we were taught like always hit the phones, always hit the phones, always hit the phones, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, if you have to speak to 100 people to, to get three appointments, to go on three, to take two, then you know your metric and you're just constantly hitting the same thing over yeah. and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and then the better you get with handling objections and being able to, um, you know, appeal to the client in certain ways, never like commission breath, never like, please list with me. But it's always just, <laughs> you know how when you just, you focus on one thing and you're completely blind to everything else? Like we were so blind to well, social. I think, I think you're talking about two different things. You, you've always had, and me too, have had tunnel vision of like, I need to find my next listing and I need to get 10 this month. And, you know, who's it going to be? Who can I? But I think but Ed's twist on it is like just coming from a place of value, like making sure that you're not just taking that listing to make another commission check. It's taking mm -hmm. that listing because you truly feel like you can help that person and you're the best person for the job. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about sales. I'm all about numbers. Trust me. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't with that yeah. mindset. The other spectrum is more so just doing it in a right way that I could sleep at night. I know that I'm not doing anyone wrong. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah going to bed thinking, damn it, I need four more sales this month because I'm not going to hit my quota. I'm not going to hit my goals. I'm so behind track. I'm going to start expecting way too much out of myself. I'm going to over exhaust myself. But again, this is just me. You guys ask me, this yeah. is my answer. Yeah. You ask someone else, they might have a complete different no, answer. Fair. But this is why I love what I do. I enjoy it and I never stress about it. And I can honestly tell you when I was working with buyers, there was plenty of times where I was so excited to get the deal accepted, you know, showing them many different houses never actually looking at what the commission being paid out was so not like oh my god is it three percent is it two percent yep. not like trying to steer them towards the one that pays me more really honestly i can tell you in full certainty i never really leaned you know towards one house over the other just because of a one percent difference but there were times where i'd come back i'd finally get the offer accepted i'm like oh shit, they're offering out 1.75 <laughs> Or those those shitty agents that would be like we will not. pay you two thousand dollars i'm like that's not even a percentage <laughs> but <laughs> But if you go to it with like, hey, I need to find them the best house that, that fits their needs, then then you're looking at it from a different perspective. Or even the flip side, there's been times where I've been hunting down a seller, trying to get a listing because I know I'm the best guy for the job. And my coach will sit down and be like, John, you've been talking about chasing Ed for three weeks now trying to get that listing. What's what's the list price? And I'm like, because uh, uh, I honestly would look at people as like Ed in Somerville, you know, wants to sell his house. I wouldn't look at it as this is a two million dollar listing. And I'd sometimes go back to my coach and be like, yeah, it was 210,000. He's like, what, what are you doing? You've been chasing that way too long. It's not 2 million, yeah. you know, see if you can help somebody else sooner. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Sometimes we have tunnel vision, but I think the, the, what I've taken away from it is just trying to help as many people as you can uh, and add value and you get paid. It's not bad to have tunnel vision. There are people that are very, very successful that do it yeah. and I applaud them. This is my philosophy. This is what makes me move forward better without friction. Yeah. I know who I'm calling. I'm not going to ever bother someone and be a salesman in their eyes and their perspective. And they're thinking they're just meeting with me because they want to get a sale. No, I'm meeting with you because, I mean, this is my job. Yeah, this is how I get paid 100%. Yeah. But, like, 
do you see this house? Like, this is exactly what you wanted. Let's go. Like, this makes sense. Yeah. I don't care what the percentages, the commission, all that stuff. Now, I just want to make sure I'm doing it. And uh, I don't know, living living a, a good real estate career life. That's all. Yeah. Let me ask you. I mean, what is a new agent that just got into the business? Should they jump right into social media and creating content, or should they try to build a little bit of a track record and some more knowledge of the business before they jump into it? Dive in on Instagram. Everyone has a presence in a database of some sort, whether it's from a, a, from a church, a community, a store, a employee, a, a family business, mm. friendship, whatever. You don't know. Or a sports team, right? You're somehow connected to a group of people. The best way to connect with those people is, I would say, the best conversion rate of having more conversations with that group of people is through social media. You're probably in a group chat with them, maybe, right? Maybe you're in a, you're connected on email. Maybe all of you are in a database. You can get their phone numbers. You can call them or text them. Yeah, okay, fine. But if you're connected with them on social media, all you got to do is just post, and hopefully one of them sees it. And if they do and they like what they see, they'll reach out. But Let them reach out as opposed to you reaching out. But if I'm a new agent, what do I post if I don't have any listings or if I'm not necessarily working with buyers yet? Maybe I'm in a market where I'm only doing rentals. I'm just trying to. Sure. Everyone has this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So this, this phone, I mean, if what, what's, what's the, there's a real estate website. I forgot what it is. Uh, All current matters. I believe all current matters, just everything to do with real estate and some statistics and this and that. One of my teammates does exactly that goes onto all current matters, checks out some articles, kind of takes little clips in here and there from it and makes a video in front of a camera or maybe his phone and sends it off to his whole database or posts it on social media. Like now he's just really speaking like any news reporter on any news channel, just sees an article or sees someone else give them a story and they put it out there through their channel. Mm. Isn't it amazing so, that like that's now how you become an authority? In a well, like that can be your focus, right? Just sharing your response to something that happened, right? Well, no, they're, they're using it for the script. Well, you like, could be the, using the it for the script, but it's just like, hey, this oh. is what happened, you know, in Hoboken, New Jersey today. And here's what I think about it. Mm. Right. Just mm -hmm. like people now are interested in like your response. That's totally, funny. totally. That's a trend. That's a trend right now. Reaction. Videos. Right. A reaction. That's that's a better way to say it. It's not just me telling you, hey, you know, last month, 52 homes went under contract and the average days on market is 11. Right. That's a big increase <laughs> over last month's, you know. It's it's you guys know what video started that you know two girls one cup. That's what started the reaction videos <laughs> on, on next week's episode. <laughs> I feel like only Jersey people would understand that. But um, no, no, that's a that's a national thing. Yeah, it's global. It's a global thing. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that it's I would much knowing what we I know just got now, banned from YouTube. Yeah, right. No, we're not monetized. <laughs> yet, so it doesn't matter. Uh, all I'm going to say is that when you look at what you know, what you've been able to do through marketing and being a marketer in that aspect, you do still have a brand and a business when you're not working, which is pretty incredible. When you're in the sales aspect of it, you're constantly running the engine and turning the wheel to make it go, right? So definitely admire it. It's almost like when you share different things about it, it's almost in a way where you're like, this is all I know. This makes perfect sense. How do you not understand it? And we're over here just like trying to connect the dots, trying to get there faster. So um, you also have a part, uh, you you consult people almost to help them build their business and their brand. What's some of the challenges or some of the things that you need to break through for them to actually start succeeding and getting some momentum? 
really to understand themselves. A lot of people don't understand themselves fully. They compare themselves too much more than they understand themselves. Meaning that, oh, well, all right, I'm on social media. I'm a new realtor. I've been in the business for a while. I need to get onto social media. So I see figure A. Figure A is doing this and that and that. I need to be doing this and that and that because this is how they do it. And they're doing a really good job at it. Or figure B looks like this. So I got to look and sound like that. And I need to buy a fancy microphone and a camera because they have one too. And this is how I'm going to succeed online. Yeah. You compare yourself too much and you're going to overexhaust yourself and paralyze yourself from doing anything in the first place. So the common misconception, the common obstacle and the hurdle I get from them is that they don't know who they are. They're a realtor. They're a single mother. They're, uh, I don't know, a dad of three kids and a beautiful wife that travel a lot and are a realtor or a real estate agent or a lender. Like they, they don't know their story yet. So I tell them, figure out your story, figure out who you truly are, and then obviously replicate that and throw it out there onto the social media world in the most authentic way, the most attractive way, and just be yourself. People are going to start conversations and reach out. So I don't know. It just starts with little things like that, yeah. having the right body, having the right profile picture, things like that. So, Ed, you also have the, the business that you consult other agents to be able to build the same thing that you've done. What are some of the common roadblocks that you see that you need to help them break through so that they can become successful using this platform majority of the time i get people that reach out and they constantly compare themselves to others out there so they're always saying that this person out there is posting this type of content they look like this they sound like this they have this type of setup this type of equipment super expensive cameras and lenses and lights and i got to do that in order for me to succeed online so the common misconception is that they don't truly know themselves who they are and put it out in the most authentic way. Just work with what you have. And they think that they need all these other things and variables in order for them to actually start posting on social media or putting themselves out there. And they paralyze themselves because of it. Yeah. But so honestly, the answer is, is just truly identify what your personal brand is about. And uh, we, were, we were saying, like, like, if you're a single mother, if you have two kids and you're a family man and you travel a lot and you love business and this is what you consult, or maybe you're a musician but also a realtor and you're trying to merge both of those careers into one, being the musical realtor or whatever that might be, you know, just doing that and just honestly releasing the true you. That's really what it comes down to. So people don't know themselves. I'll just touch on that real yeah. quick. I think, I think some people are hesitant to get started. So they give themselves those excuses like, I need to buy this first, or I need to get a microphone, or I need to get a professional camera. I mean, we just learned on our webinar last week with Tom Story of the Story Team in Toronto, Canada. He's like, shout out. One of the co-hosts on his podcast mm -hmm. has 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. I think it was more. No, he has, Tom had 9,000. Some incredible platform. amount, you know, fairly incredible for the time he's been doing it, uh, amount of subscribers. And he's like, dude, he records from his iPhone. He's like, he, like he's like, Tom's like, I went out and personally bought a, a fancy camera, but I have a third of the amount of subscribers that he has. And, you know, I think a lot of times people think they need to go out and get the fancy equipment or they need to have an extensive right. track record before they can, they get started. But prime example, put yourself out there. I've been reading a lot lately. And every time I have a thought, I put it down on an index card and I always hold it with me just because I always like to think about random shit. Sounds cool. beautiful. It's very not. Well, it's it's psychotic. So here's what I wrote down, which is interesting. So it says competence is acceptance of vulnerability. Most people admire tough, competent people. You admire the courageous. 
how courageous can you get? And it's almost like when you were talking about what you, when you were saying what you were saying, I just, just kept coming back to me over and over again in a way that's when you are your true self, you don't care about what the person's going to judge you by because you're like, I don't give a shit, right? But there's always going to be those haters that are going to, whatever the case it is, but those, uh, it's only a problem when you make it for yourself, I guess. But I think that there is a false sense of how you actually have to approach, you know, social media in general and, and, and getting out there. Um, I think the biggest weakness is understanding that community is a part of getting people to think that you're approachable. And that's the biggest thing. And I'm grateful yeah. that you shared that because it's not about the content pieces you put out there. It's about engaging and making a community. Yeah, that's right. Anything you could share that's on that right. before we conclude? A beautiful conclusion. I like that. <laughs> We've exhausted this man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, right, awesome man well listen this this was over uh like you, you far exceeded our expectations i thought this was um you know a great great episode especially for newer agents yeah. you know getting into the business trying to get into content a little bit more to hear from some of these some of these tips and tricks from you directly was been was awesome yeah so if anybody wants to reach out collaborate connect with you send you a referral what's the best way for them to reach you Reach out to me on Ed Stulak on Instagram, and more than likely you'll be getting a video message from me. So, awesome! What's the uh, the event you're doing in LA? Uh, Social Con. Nice. So it's with a bunch of real, uh, influencers. Honestly, have nothing to do with real estate, and a lot of them are going to be sharing their hacks and secrets and tips and tricks on social and where it works from them. And then we have a small panel of real estate agents that are doing well on social media, and I happen to be one of them. Nice. So uh, excited to go out there. But yeah, awesome. it's going to be April 3rd to the 4th. Going to meet some uh, some cool people. I'm excited. Good, man. Good.